Well, that was nice. My name's Adam. Let me introduce myself to you. I hope you've had a good week. I hope you enjoyed the sunshine on Friday. Perhaps the rain yesterday, not so much. I had a first experience this week. Uh, on Thursday, I was out with my friend Mikey. Mikey's played keyboard this morning, and Mikey and I are involved in making some films about Jesus. And we were about an hour and a half north, headed in the direction of New Hampshire to find some snow, because it would have been the backdrop that we needed. And as we were going up a hill, the car suddenly jutted and shook a little bit. I looked at Mike. He said, that's strange. And did what you do. You ignore it and keep going. And then it shook again. And we both looked at each other. I said, I wonder if we should pull over. And on the left-hand side, there was a gas station and a Dunkin' Donuts. And on the right-hand side, there was an auto repair shop or a garage where I come from. It was a tough call. Did you take the Dunks? You take the garage? Uh, we took the garage. And uh, a friendly person uh, spoke to me and seemed slightly confused. And then looked at the car and was even more confused. Apparently things, my car's a European car. And apparently things from Europe confused this person, uh, both the car and me. And he couldn't crack the case. I spoke to Greg, who's fantastic who said, you need to get it to this place. So for my first ever experience, I arranged the car to be towed. And I say towed, they actually pick it up and put it on the truck. And, and I looked at Mike and said, Mikey, I've never had this happen before. I've been driving for 20 years. I've never had a car towed. And for me, it was a big deal. Mikey looked at me and said, every car I've ever owned <laughs> at some point has ended up like this. So today, this week... It was my turn. I hope you had a better week. The irony, or, the, or perhaps the beauty of this story, is we were, we were and we are making a film that we are calling It's Not Always Going to Be Like This. <laughs> so maybe that's in the mix somewhere. Anyway, uh, over the last few weeks, we've been exploring this short book in the back end of the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul called Colossians. And we're coming to the tail end of that now. I hope you've been enjoying. I hope you've been reading the book yourself and praying. And uh, most weeks I say it's a timeless book in that it was written in a particular context and time. But yet it speaks to us today. And so often I'm reading this going, oh my goodness, that sounds like my Thursday experience. So we're going to continue to look at this uh, and let it speak to you as, as often Scripture can and does do. Again, short passage, lots cooking in the short passage. I want to go through it in one order, looking at the different elements, and then kind of come back at it from a different angle and kind of condense it slightly. So let's see what sticks. For those of you that like titles or passages, the passage is the third book of Colossians, and we're looking at verses 15 to 17. For those that like a title, I'm going with Let It Happen. Let It Happen. As well as doing what I do here, church and filming-wise, I also write articles for fishing magazines. And a few years ago, I wrote an article which was called Some Make It Happen, Some Watch It Happen, and Some Say What Happened. And I wrote this article looking at the way we engage and make things happen, both in leisure and in life. And in some ways, this is similar. But I'm going with let it happen. 
So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians, third chapter, verse 15 to 17. I'll probably read it twice. Verse 15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'll read it again. Uh, Let's do something also that we don't normally do. Why don't we all read it at the same time? Let's see what that sounds like. It might sound like a strange noise. That's okay. So let's go together. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Nice reading. I'm going to break this down. Verse 15, 16, 17, and then bring them back together. Verse 15, it begins, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's almost as if it's saying, this isn't going to happen if you don't let it happen. It's one thing to believe in something. It's another thing to let what you believe in actually change you. Sometimes you meet people and they know all sorts of things, but it's in their head. Just because you know something doesn't mean to say it's affecting you, it's changed you, it's permeated you. It's possible to know so many things, but then not to change you at all. And God, the powerful creator God, will not force himself to change you. You have to say, oh. Lord, I want to let this happen. So this passage begins, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The peace of Christ. The author is not talking about the idea of peace as a notion, as if we meditate, if we do this, if we have a vacation regularly. He's not talking about the idea of peace, the substance of peace or the effect of peace. He's talking about the person of peace. We don't seek Jesus for what he can do. We seek him for who he is and what he does just happens. Peace is a byproduct that happens when we spend time with Jesus because Jesus is the person of peace. So let the peace of Christ, rule in your hearts. Again, looking at these words, rule. This is not let it affect you moderately on some occasions. But let it rule. Let 
it entirely change you. Let it rule, not just in your head, but in your heart. It's like your innermost being. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I love it says this. For you were called to peace. Sometimes I've heard people talk about, I don't know what my calling is, or I feel called to do this. Sometimes we use that kind of language in church. And what we're basically saying is, I've been praying, or I've been reading Bible, or someone had this word of God for me, and it sounds like, it feels like God is leading me in a particular direction. Other people say, I don't know what I'm called to do. This mysterious language makes sense to some people. Other people, they go, I don't know what my, my calling is. <clears throat> this is an answer. We are called to peace. It's meant to be inside of us. We live and operate in a world that is chaotic, from our offices to our schools to the world at large, and we are meant to be the peace bringers. We are called to peace. And there's some people that you probably know and that they walk into a room and they just bring an energy and an agitation and almost a stress and a strife. And there's other people that walk into a room and it's like, oh, that's nice. There's something about them. They are called to peace. How do you do this? Verse 15 ends, and be thankful. There is something in the equation that gratitude equals this. If you meet grateful people, if you meet people that are thankful, often the quality of peace is nearby them. When you meet people that are ungrateful, often there's no peace. It's almost like verse 15 is saying, do this, order yourself like this, and gratitude is key to this. Gratitude is key. It's unusual to meet grateful people that aren't nice. It's very frequent that you meet people that aren't grateful and they're not really that nice. This is not that hard. And be thankful. Verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Again, verse 16 begins... The same way verse 15 does. Let the message dwell among you. Again, many of us have heard the message of Jesus. We've heard the message. We've heard the story. Just because you've heard it doesn't mean to say that you've let it permeate you and therefore flow from you. You have to let it happen. You have to say, God, I don't want to just know about this in my heart, in my head. I want to let this flow through me. The message of Jesus, this is the only message that's really important. There's lots of other messages that are kind of interesting. This is the main one. This is where it comes down to. His message is our message. And the word dwell means to take a permanent residence. Not to sit on the side, but to sit in the center. Not to pass through occasionally, not to be a topic that we look at at one time and then we progress to a different topic. But the message of Jesus dwells, which means it remains, it endures, it stays. It's not transient, it's not passing through. It's not one of many messages, it's the main message. And we're told to let it dwell among us always. 
I love this quote, and I was reminded of this quote a week ago by someone who's on our board. The quote's from someone that leads a church in a town called Watford near England. And uh, this person, his name is Mike Pilavachi, and he said this about the importance of the dwelling of the message of Jesus. Let's put this quote on the screen, and I will regret leaving my glasses in my office. (laughs) So it says this. Keep talking about revival... And you are likely to end up disappointed and disillusioned people. Keep talking about Jesus and you are likely to end up with revival. Our greatest need in the church is more, our greatest need in the church is more knowledge and experience of Jesus. Not gimmicks, not hype, not better marketing or more entertaining show. Just Jesus. Let the message of Jesus dwell among us, not be something that's kind of on the side that we used to talk about, and now we talk about something else. And teach, as you teach and admonish one another, everything that we teach comes from that place. Jesus isn't one of the teaching subjects. Everything flows from that. How do we do this? Again, with gratitude in your hearts. You might start to see a trend occurring how do we do this? Yeah, we want the message to dwell and we, we want it to flow through us and, and out of us, but how? Gratitude. When we begin with gratitude, when we begin, Jesus, thank you, this just flows. Again, the absence of gratitude, it doesn't flow. We're just too much in control of ourselves. When we recognize we're not in control and we want to let this happen and we're grateful, it does. Verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Whatever you do, students, parents, engineers, doctors, filmmakers, the list goes on. The list is not actually that important. Sometimes we think that what we do is really important. It is important, but it's not the most important thing. Sometimes we take ourselves a little bit too seriously. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wherever you find yourself at seven minutes past 11 tomorrow morning, whatever it is, wherever it is, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. The name of the Lord Jesus talks about being representing his name. Different versions of the Bible translate this Greek passage as do it as a representative of Christ, which basically means people probably won't see Jesus, but when they see you, they might see Jesus if you represent him well, which can equally be said, if you don't represent him well, they won't see Jesus. So whatever you do, do it in a way that represents Jesus. How do we do this? Look at the passage. By giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, gratitude comes back. We do it by being grateful, by saying thankful, by being grateful internally for the salvation and the power of Jesus that's still changing us. Aware that we all need to still be changed. None of us have made it. We're still working it out. But by recognizing that with a gratitude of heart, we may well be his representative. 
So some of the themes that you may have seen, verse 15, verse 16, verse 17, let it happen. My fishing article suggested that we're in control and we should make it happen. And some of us really like to make it happen. I am in the camp of the group that if some make it happen and some watch it happen and some say what happened, I'm in the first group. I like to make stuff happen. And this passage is saying, let it happen, let it happen, let it happen. This is not saying don't do anything. This is not a passive escapism. This is saying, let the power, the message of Jesus dwell among you in a way. And the only thing you need to do really is be grateful and let God use you in whatever situation and setting you find yourself in. Let it happen. I don't necessarily sometimes like to let things happen. Uh, I've moaned considerably about the cold during the winter. And I will admit that. We have a propane stove and a firewood stove. And I kind of like both of them cooking at the same time. I want the heat just to come at me. The propane stove needed to be serviced. And I was going away. This is last month. So I had it serviced the day before I went away. So when Sarah was at the house, she could easily heat the house without having to chop kindling. I thought, oh, that's nice. Paid what I thought was a fair sum of money to get the stove serviced and fixed. I went to England. Two days in, Sarah called me. The stove's broke. I was annoyed. I was really annoyed. I came back. I phoned the company uh, to express my annoyance. And they didn't answer my call. They told me that my call was important to them. I'm not convinced. I phoned them back again and again and again, several times, leaving these messages because I'm, I'm cold. Uh, they eventually called me back. And I just went into fight mode. I was annoyed. Uh, I'm telling this story in my fists are like this already. Uh, and I'd felt wrong. I said, look, we paid for something that's not working. He said, well, we'll come back and look at it, but we're going to charge you another call-out charge. I said, well, but, but you did something, and it doesn't work. So what you did obviously didn't work. I need you to come back. He said, well, that's not the way it works. We're going to charge you more. I was getting more annoyed. And I had this kind of conversation in my head. Is my annoyance and unrest, which is really stirring day and night, for several days while I'm waiting for this conclusion. Is that worth, is it worth it? Or should I just let it go and phone some other company and get them to come and service it? And I felt wronged and I still believe that I was in the right. But I came to the conclusion, I think the endless annoyance in me probably isn't worth whatever it costs to get some other guy to come out and service the stuff. That was, that was a hard lesson for me. But I had to, to use the passage, I had to let it go. I did tamper with the stove one more time, gave up on it. In my head, I was calling it all sorts of names. Uh, and then the day after, we pressed the on button, and the stove's been working ever since. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't have a theology for miracles of propane stoves. But on cold days, I'm grateful. Sarah said, it's God. Maybe it is. I think my lesson is this. I had to let it go. 
Sometimes we've got to just let stuff go. The following week, with the propane stove not working, I had a delivery of firewood. I thought, here we go. This will fix the absence of heat from the propane stove. And the firewood guys didn't turn up. I stayed in all morning. Quicker, I came to the conclusion, just let it go. They'll come back the next day. Sometimes we don't like to let things go because we want to be in control. We want to organize things. We want to determine the outcome. Uh, and actually, it just doesn't work like that. And it doesn't matter what personality type you have. We're not in control as much as we think we are. So the best posture we can have is to say, God, I want to let this go to you. I want to let this go to your message. I want to let this go to what you can do in this moment. I don't like these moments. I wish the car didn't break. I wish the propane stove worked. And I wish the firewood came on time. But these things just happen. So God, I just lead my life and hopefully make this day better than the circumstances could have orchestrated it to be. That's lesson one. Let it happen. Let God take the battle. Peace, that reoccurring theme of peace. Is there potentially any medicine that is more needed in the world today than peace? Not just the idea of peace, not just the quality or the consequences of peace, but the person of peace in every office of responsibility, from mine to the highest office in the land. Peace. We are called to peace. This idea of peace flows through this whole passage and this whole book. My goodness, we need it. And then the reoccurring theme of the message of Christ. The good news with nothing added. Uh, this week, I was swimming, and many of you know I do this. I swim, and I sit in the hot tub for a few minutes, and I was swimming. I sat in the hot tub, and uh, I met this guy who had a young child, and the young child was sat on the edge, and uh, the father said a sentence. He said to the child, why don't you dip your toe in? Uh, and he was nervous, and the father said to the child, if you don't, you might regret it, and living with regrets really hard. Now, when someone says something like that to a four-year-old, <laughs> I'm thinking, I just sat there quietly. I wasn't even in the conversation, but this one, I'm thinking, there's something deeper going on here than a Wednesday afternoon swim. And I thought, I don't know if I want to stumble into this, or if I wish this person well and move on. But when he said that, he then looked at me and I thought, oh my goodness, what's cooking? So I said to him, that's kind of deep advice for recommending a hot tub. And he said, yeah, it is. I've had some regrets. And I said, well, what's, what's the worst things? And we ended up having this conversation and I said, it's annoying. I've, I've had that too. And I just nodded along because we've all done things or wish we'd done things differently. I just journeyed with him. And I said, for me, I find prayer helps. 
and praying to Jesus. And he said, it's funny you said that. I, somebody else said something similar to me. This person believes in praying in a different direction to which I would pray. But again, I wasn't going to bash that. I said, yes, yeah, sometimes I pray. And this person said to me this, and it was the funniest line. He said, sometimes I use the other side of the gym and I sit in the sauna. And sometimes I think about God and I don't even know God. I said, yeah, I think God hangs out in a sauna quite a lot. I've had that experience too. And he said to me, wow, tell me more. And I ended up praying for this person that the person of Jesus would be revealed in a way that would bring peace. Because we can't just look at a passage that talks about peace and recognize that we're in a world which is so absent of peace without recognizing that we are called to be peace and therefore we are called to bring bringers of peace. So this reoccurring theme that it dwells, that it's the message, the only message, and it permeates. And then the last reoccurring theme, how do we do this? I'm going to just quote the passage. With thanksgiving, by giving thanks, and by being thankful. It doesn't matter which way you say it, it's the same thing. May we... Let God be God and recognize that we're not as good as being God as he is. Sometimes we try to put those shoes on, but he just wears them better than we do. May Jesus dwell among us. The message of Jesus, may it dwell and therefore may it permeate in us and around us. And may we be thankful even when stuff doesn't go to plan because in the same way that things didn't go to plan last week I've got a feeling that probably next week it, some things won't go to plan either but may we choose to be grateful most things we can't choose our response and our gratitude we can may we be thankful I do want to pray for some people I'm not going to necessarily make you stand or put your hands in the air because I think some of these things are quite personal. I'm going to ask the team to come back and just play music quietly, and then we will sing a song afterwards. But I want to pray for some people. So why don't you close your eyes? I want to look at some of these themes, because I feel that there's not just the teaching, but there's a response in some of our hearts. And the first one that comes about is peace. Let peace happen. For some of us, we have a tendency to strive because we like to make things happen. If you, and it may be circumstantial and it may be character, if peace is absent, just in your hearts acknowledge that and I'm going to pray for you. If peace sounds like a nice idea that perhaps other people experience, but you don't remember the last time you felt at peace, then this prayer is for you. Jesus, we pray that you, the person of peace, would be the bringer of peace to the hearts of those of which peace seems absent or distant or like an emotion that they they just don't know, a feeling they don't know. Lord, we bring our 
clenched fists and we open our hands and we say, Father, we, we let you be the bringer of peace. Lord, calm the storms that rage in our hearts and our head. Our dreams, our days, our nights, Father, bring peace in a way that only Jesus can. second group I want to pray for let Christ dwell in your life for some of you the story of Christ you've heard before and for others of us we've followed Christ but we've drifted if you've drifted this is the time to come back it's as simple as saying Jesus I've drifted, I've strayed I've messed up I want to ask that you forgive me I don't want you just to be a side dish or something that I used to do or something that I've not done for a long time I want you to dwell in my heart so I say Jesus come and dwell come and be in the middle not the edge I invite you to be the main thing not an accessory that sometimes on a Sunday I consider if I remember Jesus come and dwell then this last group this last group of people I want to pray for and this is, this is an activity this is an action the message of Jesus was always one meant to flow from us and some of us find ourselves in more conversations than others and I'm not going to label people But for some of you, you know that the message was meant to flow and it feels like it's kind of got stuck. Well, it used to flow, but it hasn't for a while. I want to pray for a freedom that the message of Jesus would flow. And it's meant to flow through all of us. But sometimes we have moments or seasons where it feels like it doesn't. Jesus, I pray that this message that is always changing hearts would flow from us to those around us. That the message would flow. And in a world which so needs to hear the good news, that needs us to be called to peace bringers, Lord, may the message flow easily and often. Lord, may we see what you're doing and may we be in tune with what you're doing. Lord, fill us, I pray. Fill us not just for our own personal enjoyment as much as we need you, but Lord, may the message flow. Amen. Why don't we stand?